0: welcome to the all of christ for all of life podcast brought to you by canon plus this week's episode is a conversation between pastor douglas wilson and dr james white entitled the alphabet soup nazis watch this conversation and more from pastor wilson and dr white on canon plus
1: james welcome to moscow and and another sweater vest dialogue we're we're racking them up (laughs) funny thing
0: is i think we
1: were wearing the same clothes last time (laughs) that's right, I should hope so <laughs> so um what I thought we'd talk about um is a l- little bit about um you wrote a book uh together with jeff neal mm-hmm. the same the same sex controversy controversy. Mm -hmm. and when was that when
0: uh 2001 and the only reason i can remember that is i had lasik that year and it went wrong and i couldn't be involved in the final editing jeff had to do it all because i couldn't see for a while it was it was wonderful it was great but it was it was 2001 and it came about by the way after jeff contact jeff had done a study in his church on homosexuality Mm -hmm. which in 2001 was not the thing. most common yeah. uh, thing to do in a church. So yeah. Jeff was a little bit ahead of the curve on that. And we were invited to go on a local radio station, a local Christian radio station to debate the chaplain, I think for the uh, the Arizona State Senate, who had gone to school with Jeff and I. Jeff was a year ahead of me at Grand Canyon College. And so we had the same Greek professor and, and, and so on and so forth. And that's where we got to know each other and become really good friends. And um, so the chaplain came out as a homosexual. And so uh, the radio station invited Jeff and I on to do a live debate with him and another homosexual on the program. And after the debate was over, um, I was already, I think I just started writing for Bethany House Publishers at that point in time. The acquisitions editor had been Jeff's boss at Berean Christian Bookstore many, many months ago. And he had listened and he said, you know, I think there's a book there. And uh, so Jeff and I uh, split up the various texts that we were gonna be looking at. He already had a lot of good background information. Um, But even in 2001, during the writing process, I was stunned, this was was 21 years ago now, I was stunned at how many books came out on the other side just during the writing process. And Mm -hmm. the number of books that I had to read just to get up to speed on what the other side what was, was saying, and that's nothing in comparison to what comes out now. Right. So um, we we divided up the the key texts and some of the historical information. Um, and um, honestly, I would love to see a uh, an update, but the biblical stuff really hasn't. The biblical yes, stuff right. doesn't change. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. so it's stayed the same.
1: So. Um, Few years ago, I wrote a book called "Same Sex Mirage," and it was more from the trenches. A lot of a lot of that book was originally blog posts mm-hmm. responding to this thing that just happened and this thing that just happened. Uh, yours was a more systematic mm-hmm. approach to what does the Bible teach and what is the current scholarship that we have to refute. Well, we we're Uh-oh. still fourteen years out from a fell. right? It was a different world in 2001, that, and that's part of what I wanted to talk about: is how much of a different world, uh, how much the world has changed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, before, uh, back when you were writing, Christians would be saying, "Hey, everybody knows that heterosexuality is God's norm. Why? Let's just not be mean to the homosexuals. Right. You know that, that? It would be sort of, that sort of thing. And now you're being arraigned as a hate criminal." If you simply in the dis- court of law, if you not disagree, just public opinion, yeah, you can lose your job. You can lose your job um, you, from any major corporation in America. You could find yourself down in HR trying to explain yourself if mm-hmm. you if you gave five bucks to Proposition Eight in California. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, it' there's been a um, it's like we went off a cliff, right? And whenever that kind of uh, the, the ground gives way under, you know, the cliff. We were in the middle of Kansas, and we went off a cliff. <laughs> and there are no cliffs in Kansas. <laughs> and there are no cliffs. <laughs> the ground gave way underneath us. That, that means that there have been sappers and tunnelers underneath us. For a long time. For a long time, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, it seems to me that the secularists and the leftists and the sexual revolution – uh, people have been playing the long game, mm-hmm. right?
0: Well, uh, and they, they wrote about it. That's the, we, we didn't read their books, right. but they pretty much laid out exactly how they were going to do it, and they have succeeded in accomplishing their their goals, despite being open about it from the start.
1: Right. So, when you're talking to Christians, well, and it seems to me that uh, we have to take into account the last two years, the the last two years of crazy do we uh, really have to do that we, it we, makes it makes my head hurt <laughs> <laughs> makes my but it it has given us a great uh gift in in this there are things that i would say or that you would say 15 years ago that many decent christian folks would say oh that's a little extreme a little harsh oh, that's a little hard mm-hmm. we, do we have to we can uh, america can continue to run on autopilot on the myth of neutrality on the myth of neutrality. We can still have uh, our standard of living. We can still have our suburban lifestyle. We can still drive to church on Sunday and everything is going to stay the same Mm -hmm. because we're Americans. Right. Right. And there's no sense you being mean to these people. We would call just have peace. Let's just have peace. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would call them sexual minorities today, but no sense being mean to these people. A lot of those people, have been red pilled in the last two years. Mm-hmm. They've they've seen not only, uh, and it's not just lockdowns, not just masks, but it's also videos the, from Disney, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the the basically the the uh, transsexual uh, jihad, right? Was which is what it amounts to, uh, because they've gone into take no prisoners mode. They're not about to stop and say, "Okay, now let's set up a DMZ." Mm-hmm. They're they're not doing that. And a lot of Christians who used to be sort of wishy washy in the middle have been radicalized, not by us, but radicalized by the hard left. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you know, I've here I've been sweet and nice to you guys for twenty years, and you're going to load me onto the same cattle car with that James White guy, uh-huh, uh-huh. right? Oh no the doug wilson that's 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 much that's much worse that's much worse
0: yeah no and and you know i'm i'll just i'll just give you news from outside of moscow again i brought bad news before well yeah do it again i'll do bring some i can take it (laughs) i'll bring some good news this time uh over the past couple of years uh, i have communicated with so many pastors and christians who recognized the world was changing radically but there there was nothing in their paradigm that would allow them to really start to zero in on what that meant and what they could do about it. And some of the most important resources that they eventually found that rang a bell with them and gave them guidance, um, one of them was blog and mayblog. Okay. And I mean worldwide. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of them won't say that publicly.
1: Yeah. Right. I've run because into that, yeah. be,
0: because my daughter had you on to talk about a, a food book once, if I recall That's correctly.
1: Right. And she got the treatment, <laughs> and she, she
0: got the treatment for daring uh, to, to do such a thing. and, and, and so uh, but, the, but it's true. during this period of time, there have only been a certain number of voices that have been saying, this is what's happening. Some of us actually did see it coming. But this is, now that everybody sees it's here, this is what we need to do about it. And it has to do with having a view of Christ's lordship and God's law that fits with the proclamation
1: of a gospel that has a sovereign God who's working his purpose. So with the the sexual revolution is sort of coming to its uh, culmination, which I think is going to be some sort of, Reign of Terror. I think it's going to be like the French Revolution. Um, it's going to be some sort of horrific um, thing. And when I think that they're they're doing surgeries on kids, eight year olds, uh, and you say no, you can't, no, you can't buy a pack of cigarettes. You're five. No, no, you can't buy a condom. You're five. No, you um, you can't have, rent a car. You're five. Um, oh yeah, you can transition. Some <sighs> somebody. It, that can't last. No, uh, stupidity is not a long-term strategy, right. and it, it just doesn't it doesn't work. But all the Christian the, the Christian leadership, and will and this might be unfair to one or two of them in 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 that network, the constellation of the of the great conference circuit, um, <laughs> the the big Eve, what Carl Truman calls Big Eva, right? Uh, overwhelmingly. Those voices either didn't didn't address what was coming, or were reassuring. Oh, don't worry about it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, too, let's not your neighbor. be reactionary. Just don't, do Yeah, it's going to be all right. Don't it'll be all right. And now that it's all come down, the those leaders have been astonishingly silent about. It's like the Neville the Neville Chamberlains. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, don't have much to say right. Um, right hitler invaded poland <laughs> <laughs> and and you're they're now coming
0: to get you and your children right uh, yeah uh, and it, it's true that there was and you've discussed this many times um in your program you've you've even classified who was doing what and, and once in a while and in fact i think i think it was last year sometime i texted you and and said how how many how long did it take you to actually decide to go ahead and throw that line in where you identified a really well-known evangelical? I think you said, eh, I don't know, about 30 seconds, uh, something <laughs> along those lines. But you'll throw those little things in there and say, yeah, we know that you knew, we know that you know, and, right. and you know that we know that you know, and it goes on yeah. and on with uh, Solzhenitsyn. Um, but yeah, they they left us, they left a lot of people, a lot of churches feeling like, we trusted you, right. And now we feel betrayed. But we still need to have a solid a solid response, and we still need to be able to teach our, our people, except we didn't get to start doing it at the time when it would have been best to lay the foundations, right and that's that's what I'm seeing right now is is people are desperately trying to catch up. But you know what? Christ's sheep hear Christ's voice, and when the shepherds say, we should have been dealing with this 10, 15 years ago. We weren't, but here's where we are, right. and we got to dig in. Right, Christ, people are willing to do what yeah, they the,
1: need to do. We need some sort of flag to rally to. Right, and um, I know Apologia is growing. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, and 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 we're growing here, and it's like it's it's really interesting because one of the critiques of the strident voice that we we appeared to be 20 years ago is that it's off-putting it's off-putting it's off-putting well then why how can you account for the fact that the off-putting churches are exploding Mm -hmm. right the the churches that refuse to close down the churches that refuse to go along with what everybody said the the cranky churches are the winsome church because truth truth is winsome that's why cranky is the new winsome (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: true and that that was what has drawn a lot of people to our church it wasn't just that we didn't we didn't close down we didn't and look I'm not going to sit here and say that we as elders had some kind of prophetic vision that knew what the eventual numbers on the virus was going to be or any of the rest of that stuff. Honestly, we just simply looked at what our responsibility was. And there's the worship of God. There's the celebration of the supper. There's the encouragement of God's people. And that mm-hmm. really doesn't work well uh, over Zoom. Right. Um, and that's not what we've been called to do. If you would like to partake of the bread, Click here. <laughs> Exactly. Dragon and, drag and drop communion. <laughs> well, there are. So please don't stop giving people ideas. It's really a bad thing because you've done it before. Uh, drag but, the bread on top of your avatar. <laughs> and then you are, oh, please. Oh, that's going to happen. You, it, it, the sad thing is it probably is out there someplace. But, but it wasn't just that. It was also the bold proclamation. Uh, for example, Jeff preached a sermon on what loving your neighbor really meant given God's law, and that what we were doing to so many people in their businesses and their families was not what it means to love people. It was the exact opposite of what it means to love people. And so that whole idea of bringing God's law to bear, Mm -hmm. um, let's just be honest, Uh, the vast majority of, of evangelicals have been cooked in a stew of antinomianism for their entire lives. Right. And one of the reasons that we looked so cranky was we were using a term and referring to something that they had been told was a no-no. It was an alien category for them. Alien category and an an alien element of the church to be able to say, look, God actually says this. He has actually revealed his will in this way. You know, that that other use of the law type thing. Um, And so I think people started hearing that and it started clicking. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, I'm, why, isn't, why isn't my church addressing what's going on? Why is it like, like they're just ignoring it? Why aren't they giving me practical direction as to where I can go? What's missing here? Right. And then they start listening to other people that are going, well, what's missing here is the Lordship of Christ and the advancement of the kingdom of God. And, and they're all of a sudden like, oh, man, this could be uncomfortable to rethink so much of this stuff. Right. And it is uncomfortable to rethink so much of that stuff. But the pressure from the world now is more than sufficient to bring that about, one way or the other.
1: Right. So, um, bringing this back to, um, we started with my book, didn't we? We started with the book. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to bring it back to the theme of the book. Um, uh, I, one of the books out there that I really appreciated uh, within the last twelve months was Carl Truman's Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, which is a, a, a wonderful. You know, let's let's go back to. If you R- like ripping on Rousseau, yeah, which <laughs> just, I do, <laughs> which I do. I, I can, if you're ripping on Rousseau, I can eat that straight out of a can with a spoon. <laughs> I, I, I don't even need to put it on the cake.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I think we just yeah. discovered something.
1: <laughs> Rousseau. I think it's Glenn Sunshine said if I if I was in a room with Hitler and Rousseau and I had a revolver with two bullets in it. I'd shoot Rousseau twice. <laughs> I remember that one. Okay, so um, and C.S. Lewis has a great throwaway line in one of his uh, essays, one of his uh, pieces, where he he calls Rousseau the father of the totalitarians, mm. uh, which I think is just right on the money. Mm. And we're we're living in the realm of total so it's it's totalitarianism with a smiley face right and it's so is it brave new world or is it 1984 well i think it's both basically mm-hmm. i think they've they're, they're doing the 1984 stuff backstage and they're doing a bunch of stuff for public consumption mm-hmm. um briberies and you know uh, porn everywhere and uh affirming whatever sexual choice whatever deviant choice you want to make mm-hmm. um and, and it's amazing, the astonishing rapidity with which it's happening. So when uh, you wrote your book, how far had the alphabet soup uh, gone? LGBT?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. It was right around that time. Interestingly enough, we were up in Salt Lake City at the General Conference when I ran into the Q for the first time. The, okay. the, the, the homosexual Mormons were using the, the Q part. But we really, the T... And I don't know if you experienced this too, but I had someone explain it to me recently. It seems like when a fell hit, the entire focus came off of homosexuality, whoom, straight over to transgenderism. Yeah. It was like it was overnight. And I wondered what that was. I recently listened to uh, an article where someone was talking about how the well funded organizations like GLAAD, uh, once they had a fell, what are they going to do? Yeah. They got to keep money coming in the door. Right. So they just shifted their, shifted their, and they already had enough politicians in their pocket to start making it happen fast. Right. Because I was stunned at how quickly the focus just came off of homosexuality and straight onto the transgender right. idea. And it's going
1: to happen with the same rapidity with that plus. You know? Oh, yeah. So the, that plus is about the kids. you know, Always has been. And, and we see that with the Disney and the, um, the OK Groomer uh, stuff and they're Disney going to war with the state of Florida over not being allowed to teach kids about sex until fourth grade. Yeah. Until fourth <laughs> grade. <laughs> and, and conservatives are thrilled with the stalwart victory. Woo <laughs> 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 Yeah, Fourth grade, <laughs> they, they <don't> yeah. <laughs> grade. They don't get to start grooming our
0: kids until, until, fourth, until fourth grade. grade. We've, we've got three years to get them ready for that. Uh, um, right.
1: So that shows us how our, we've sort of lowered our sights. Uh, just a uh, bit, but that that plus is it's going to be. We're going to get to the point where pederasty and pedophilia is mainstreamed, mm-hmm. and and it'll be uh, mainstreamed such that that this is part of the lineup. They'll take the plus off and put a P there. Put a the P there, mm-hmm. right? And then within a year, you're a hater if you don't applaud mm-hmm. the the P, right? That's how it's and worked. Th- that's that's how it works <clears throat> now. Um, we didn't address that in the book
0: <laughs> because to be perfectly honest with you, that was too far down the road to to even imagine. And in fact, the argument back then was if you dared even raise the possibility that you were engaged in just horrific hate crime, in essence, in trying to poison the well and no one would ever suggest this type of stuff. And here we are, you know, for some people, Twenty years is a long period of time, but once you get up to our age, it's really no, not. We that don't long care ago. anymore. No, twenty, 20 years—that was. I remember twenty years really clearly. <laughs> uh, that wasn't that long ago yeah. at all. Yeah. So uh, that really wasn't. That would be one of the obviously the updates to the book uh, would be to go. Let's let's continue on because what what has the transgender, I mean, how would the transgender movement change our book? Because that wasn't an issue then either. Right. Ah, uh, there would have to be a whole discussion on creative creative order, Matthew nineteen, the whole nine yards. At that point, it uh, seems to, to it, expand.
1: It. It seems to me, if it would be wonderful if you were to expand the book, but it seems to me the the way to expand the book would be with the whole ch- uh, chapter on um, sort of anthropology the and the metaphysics of it, mm-hmm. what the nature of humankind. Um,
0: and the very fact that we would need to do that is one of the things that illustrates what has happened over the past 20 years, Because right. we were really focused upon the, the, the claims that were being made and the pushing of the, the homosexual agenda. And we did try, and Jeff was especially focused on, on being broadly biblical in regards to a sexual ethic mm-hmm. of mankind. But now the "t because the "t" the is antithetical. To, to the, the L and the G. It, yeah. it, that, that whole alphabet soup is at war with itself. Oh, absolutely. And that's part of the design. That's, it's meant to be that way. Yeah. Um, the Pope may have come up with the phraseology, but the culture of death, it astonishes me how many people do not recognize that the sexual revolution is like that with the culture of death and abortion. Right. It's all meant to destroy human, human flourishing.
1: <laughs> Back back in the '60s, the poster was "Make Love, Not War," but it turns out both. Make love, then make war on the product of, of the what you just did. Right. Of what you just did, and the bloodshed um, downstream from Roe. So the '60s revolution hit in the '60s, and then '73 was was Roe, mm-hmm. and uh, massive bloodshed, like sixty million unborn children in america have been have been killed and you wonder at what point do we say the old order that you heard about from your great grandfather is gone right they, they burned the house down they, this is. is they successfully did it and there are a number of christians who heard stories about the old house who are standing out in the yard <laughs> yeah Right, <laughs> saying, "Well, when can we go back? In when the house? can we go back uh, in, in? The house? Yeah, there ain't nothing there and, left, but we no, want to go you, back in." You, you Christians, are going to have to build it, right? And in order to build it, you're going to need blueprints. And if you want materials. blueprints, you want you need to read your Bibles, and you have to get a better view of biblical law. You, 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 you mean the Bible
0: has something to do with something outside the church?
1: Yes. There is yeah, the yeah, issue. Yeah, there's the issue. There's the issue. Is the Bible relevant to anything other than your Sunday go-to meeting club? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what people are starting to find out. Thankfully. Right. Thankfully. Right. So, if um, let's talk about practical solutions, um, and this I don't want this to sound self-serving, but it seems he, I'm saying to a, a, an apologist and an evangelist seems to me that we need to start with preaching the gospel to, to a, a world that is thoroughly befuddled.
0: But not the escapist gospel.
1: Not the escapist gospel. The, right. the gospel
0: that will allow you to proclaim a message of hope for your great-grandchildren. Right, right. That's, that's very different because that, that gospel speaks to who you are as a creature of God and what your duties are before God. And too many people have the idea that no, 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 you're, that's now you're now you're violating sola scriptura or sola fide, and you're not. Now the reformers, can you imagine what John Calvin would think if he all of a sudden appeared and saw what we're having to deal with today? Yeah.
1: and I, and saw how we were in fact dealing and, with it.
0: <laughs> exactly, it like, I failed. Right. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. Just the just
1: the fact, just the fact, uh, we th- considered a, a great victory that we want to deal with it. We would like to have a way of dealing with it. But our fathers in the faith rose up and fought the dragon and they killed the dragons that they were uh, dealing with. They overcame, they, what is um, uh, what is it that overcomes the world? Is it not our faith? So we need to say, okay, things have been bad before. Things have been hopeless before, mm-hmm. right? Things have been uh, against all odds, before, and I'm 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 not using that I'm not opening up another subject here. I just want to grab an illustration in the in the first week or so of the Ukrainian war, um, and this was after the tail end of two years of leaders masking up and hiding in basements and right, right sneaking right. off to the nightclub. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it was too, after. Two years of fear mongering, uh, you know. Two years of fear mongering, and then the Russians invaded Ukraine. We offered to fly Zelensky, the president, out, and yeah. he said, "I don't want to ride. I want ammo." Right. Right. And the thing that I w- want to point to, just as an illustration, is how that phrase resonated. Like, oh, ah! you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a superstar. He, he's a, all. Of a, all he wanted to do is stay and fight. First, like an ordinary, you might describe it as ordinary heroism, right? um, the the kind of virtue that millions of people had had in another generation. But we've been browbeaten for two, and everybody. And, and, and uh, what I want to do is say say to Christian leaders, look at that. Why he he's not a Christian? He's not a godly man. No. He's he you know there's all sorts of problems there. Yeah. So why does he have something to teach you? Right. Where, where, uh, did you lose it? What, where did you lose it? Where did you lose it? Um, Christian shepherds need to fight for their sheep and, and to 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 uh, to love the. You either love the sheep and fight the wolves, or you refuse to love the sheep, or you just let, you let a few you, of the
0: yeah. sheep go to keep the wolves happy for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah you the feed them a little bit. Yeah, a little a tribute, little to, tribute pay, uh, payment. Isn't that what we're doing? Yeah that's is exactly. that what we've been doing with our young people we send them off to send them off to university and we've not prepared them we've not right. given we're we're giving a little bit of sacrifice to caesar to try yeah. to keep him keep him out yeah
1: we we're sending a virgin up to the volcano yeah. every year every year mm-hmm. and and uh, this might be the simplistic fundamentalist in me talking but we shouldn't do that <laughs>
0: I, I, I just I, you just completely lose me. when You get so complicated like that. Um, but you're exactly stop right. Stop throwing virgins into <laughs> to, volcanoes. <laughs> into volcanoes. It's just, uh, that's it doesn't gonna, work. It's going to end up as a meme somewhere, uh, and some will find some misogynist me- message in that something. Yeah. But no, I said to no, stop doing but, it. But 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 obviously, <clears throat> what we're seeing, I think, is that the gospel that we had become comfortable with. That does not challenge us to say anything to the world that they're going to find offensive. Mm-hmm. Outside of, well, you, you might not want to do those sins, or you you might you know receive judgment someday. Right. The idea that there is an authority in that has been given to Christ on earth, in heaven, and on earth, mm-hmm. um, that's that's not comfortable Christianity. Right. That's not pe- That's that's not having. Uh, peace with the world well we we were never supposed to have had peace with
1: the world in that in that sense in the first place there was an anglican clergyman who said everywhere the apostle paul went there was a revival or a riot he said everywhere i go they serve tea there you go that's it there you go so why the most stalwart among our pastors and leaders are the ones who are actually trying to put out the fires that the bad guys set but we don't yet have pastors who want to set fires that the bad guys have to put out right right So we need to be preaching a hot gospel. we need to straight up the middle uh, and it's got to be a gospel that in a, it's, a, it's a gospel in a Kyperian setting, a gospel that touches the world at every point. You assume
0: that everyone watching this knows what a Kaperion setting is. <laughs> I didn't assume. did i assume that
1: <laughs> so let me let me give you a classification and see what you think of it the uh, the reform, you can divide reform types up into three categories um there's there are the pietists mm-hmm. you know the the ones who just keep your nose clean get through this life be a decent human being uh the pietists uh there are the confessionalists who are you know doctrine you know Jot and Tittle, um, R. Scott Clark, the, the, that type you of named guy. names. <laughs> that, that type of guy, and then there's the Kuiperians. The Kuy- Abraham Kuiper was a, a Dutch um, dynamo prime uh, minister. He, he yeah, he was prime minister, journalist, theologian, pastor, uh, founded a newspaper, founded a university, he was the prime minister of the Netherlands. Didn't for, sleep much, obviously. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he tornado in boots is mm-hmm. what he was, mm-hmm. um, and. He he just did a remarkable thing, but he's famous for saying that there's not one square inch over which the Lord Jesus d- does not say mine. mine. So, um, so w- what we're arguing for and operating within is a, very much a kyperian stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does the Bible say about art? What does the Bible say about architecture? What does the Bible say about politics? What does the Bible say about uh, engineering? What is the you know the Bible applies to and this goes back to our discussion in the previous episode of van till where van till said this book the bible is authoritative with regard to everything it addresses and it addresses everything
0: <laughs> oh but it doesn't tell you how to change the oil in your car that's the automatic response right. to that one not recognizing that what you're meaning by that is it provides you with a worldview that has authority and direction that's not simply a fill in the blank that you get to decide how everything works. And if, if it is the fill in the blank type of thing, you have nothing to pass on to your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren that is consistent. And that's mm-hmm. what needs to be. I don't know if there is a dark time coming. I don't know how deep it will be and I don't know how long it will be. I can guarantee you one thing. If you were a Christian in 1918 in Russia, you probably didn't expect that it was going to be 70 years, mm-hmm. and how bad it was going to get in the process. Right. Um, but Christ was still on His throne, right, through 70 years yeah. in that context. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I've become a post-millennialist, aside from the fact that, you know, like my other three elders are much bigger than I am um, (laughs) and younger than I am too. And one of them used to be a world champion karate guy. Uh, But uh, the reason I become a post-millennialist is I need to have a way of understanding scripture, not only that for me, it's, it's. top to the bottom it's this is consistent with the purposes of god and history and everything else and that's beautiful and psalm 110 and psalm 2 and isaiah 42 and first corinthians 15 it's all beautiful but what if there is an extended period of darkness mm-hmm. that we're going into what message do you have to the people who come out the other end because christ will always christ building his church he's not going to fail mm-hmm. but oh it can it can become really dark. Yeah. Uh, It was real dark in 1347. Yeah. I mean, when the Black Plague hit, you could have, uh, even Tim LaHaye could have just sold millions and millions of books right there, pretty easy. Um, But God got, got everybody through that, and it's gonna happen in the future as well. And so what are you gonna, what are you gonna, what message am I gonna send to Christians four generations from now? Right. Am I gonna be silent? Am I I going to be quiet, or am I going to invest, build, send a message of faithfulness to the people who may have to go through much? We've had had pretty easy lives, let's be honest. We've had lots of freedom, but my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, what if they have to face much more than you and I ever faced? Have I given them the foundation they need to have?
1: And you've touched on something important. I'm glad you brought it up because I agree with you that we could be headed for a dark time. It could be a brief period of turmoil, five years or so. It could be a generation, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we're in the dark time, the one thing we should know is that the darkness cannot overcome the light. Right. Right? The darkness is going to lose. We don't always have the timetable, right? right? It might be five years, might be 50. Um, You're right. You're right there. The we tend to look at human history at church let's just look at church history and think that post millennialism can be refuted by looking at it in five year increments. Right. Um no 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 look at it in five hundred year increments. Mm-hmm. Um so if you look at it, it's is uh, the the advance of the kingdom is not like the launch launch of a space shuttle where every second you've got higher altitude than it's not just off into the heavens. Right. It's more like walking from Nebraska to Oregon over the Rocky Mountains. And you walk into the foothills and up a hill and then down and then up another foot and then down. And you're going into canyons and crevices. and. But overall, you're steadily going uphill. So would you rather see the kingdom situated the way it is right now, the kingdom of God, the way it is right now or 500 years ago? In 1500? How about 1500 and 1000? Mm-hmm. How about 1500? Right. Well, now you can see the, the growth, the, the incredible growth of the church. Mm-hmm. So South America is becoming Protestant faster than Europe did during the Reformation. Um, and there's a lot of craziness, just like mm-hmm. there was in the Reformation. <laughs> <laughs> We're, not sure. We're not supposed to talk about that part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, um, Martin the Anabaptists are running naked through Safeway again. <laughs> <laughs> <Those> <laughs> what do we call prophets what, are back. What, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> yep. Uh so there's always been uh, in Africa the same way. The average I think Philip Jenkins was the one who said that the within a very short space of time the average Christian on earth today will be a 30-year-old black Nigerian woman who's an Anglican. Right. You know. Um so the center uh, uh, marvelous things are happening in Africa and very, very messy, right? Mm-hmm. And South America and very messy. And I China. Th- China, very messy. I've often wondered I
0: wonder if God would go, Hey guys, watch this and <laughs> right. then let the church just explode in China and right. then it becomes this massive light for the, the whole right. world. I, it, yeah. It's not beyond his
1: power. No, it's not beyond his power at all. And the thing that we need to recognize is if we think that post millennialism requires that every Monday is sweeter and brighter than the Monday before. (laughs) We're not gonna be prepared for the hard trials Mm -hmm. that we're in. But this is something that I, when I was first becoming post-mill, when I was working through all of this, uh, one of the side worries I had was why all the cultural analysis that I was reading that was insightful and pointed and predicting Hard times if we don't repent. You know, it it was really pointed. It was coming from Reconstructionist types who were Mm post-mill. And I couldn't, why, and why were all the people who were the doom and gloomers, the, the people whose eschatology was doom and gloom? Right. They're like, hey, they're playing great. ball. They're they're going along. They're living. <clears throat> they're living the suburban dream, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. Mm-hmm. And the people who said everything we're we're going to conquer this place were the ones who were getting me ready for battle. Right. Well, well, I think it's no different now. I think mm-hmm. the I think post millennialism is not a Pollyanna faith, but it's a faith for Christian infantrymen. Uh, have to Christ, people going. Um, i will never leave you or forsake you if you take that statement uh, from, the, from the end of hebrews and also from deuteronomy and joshua and I, I will never leave you or forsake you if you looked for that on a christian poster in a christian gift shop you would expect that phrase that verse to be on a picture of a basket of kittens
0: or or, (laughs) not. Yeah, yeah, not somebody in a landing craft at Normandy. Right.
1: What you should see is a panoramic view of Normandy Beach. Mm -hmm. I will never leave you forsake you because that was given to Joshua on the brink of the invasion. You're Mm going to go fight giants. Yeah, I'll never leave you forsake you. Right. And in the next generation, we're up against giants. Um, Big ones, big ones, big tech, big government, big corporate. Big, you know, we're up against some big giants, and the Christian response should be so. Well, let me, as I've wanted to do this for a
0: long, long time. So this is this is my shot. So let me let me throw this out there, and I want to hear what you think about it. The thought that I've had, and I've expressed it a number of times, I cannot think in church history of a greater, most more virulent enemy of everything Christ taught and stood for than secularism. Yes. Even the pagan Romans at least had the idea of there was a God Mm -hmm. or gods, that that mankind had some kind of spiritual meaning. You look at Yuval Noah Harari and the World Economic Forum, the man's a Jewish atheist homosexual, and he's the one writing books like uh, uh, Deus Homo, The the Mm -hmm. Coming God Man, and how we can be hacked and yeah. the next step of, of human evolution is, um, you know, changing the genome and, and all the genetic stuff and inserting stuff in us so we can immediately enter interplay yeah. with Lewis's in abolition of man. A, man it, all over to- totally. And straightforward. So here's, here's my thinking as a postmillennialist every enemy must be placed under his feet. Yes. I've never seen a bigger enemy. Yeah. Has the world ever seen a bigger enemy? Than secularism with with the evolutionary theory, you have no meaning. You are you are a bag of to use the Star Trek metaphor. I like to use ugly bags of mostly water, right? Moist robots. You have no meaning, right? So there can be no resurrection. There can be everything that Christ stood for is utter nonsense. That enemy must be put under his feet.
1: Yes, and I I agree with you completely. What secularism is. Um, that's one name, the progressive left. But say the secularist worldview is what you might call an inverse Kuyperianism. Right. It's unbelief at every point. Right. So what Kuiper wanted to do is bring the lordship of Christ to bear at every point, mm-hmm. in the with paganism or in the old common grace days of Eisenhower's America. You could have an unbelieving next door neighbor who would share many views he would many of his views would be biblical mm-hmm. he couldn't account for them right he couldn't defend them but he them. was blessed by them but he was blessed by them and he, and oftentimes he knew that he was blessed by them mm-hmm. right he it would be he was a willing participant in that kind of common grace mm-hmm. but what secularism is doing is revolting against the goodness of god at every point all the isms communism socialism uh feminism egalitarianism all the isms are Whatever God says in his word, they say no. In the world, whatever God says through natural revelation, they say no. It's Kuyperianism, it's, it's revolt against right. God all along the front.
0: But see, my question then is, if we didn't learn from the collapse of the Soviet Union, 120 million people dead, right. how big does the collapse have to be before finally mankind, for the rest of its existence, says... Never that again we've learned our lesson. Right. That would have to be a pretty big collapse. Yeah. That would have to be pretty major. And if it happened, Christ is still king.
1: Yeah. If it happens, Christ is on the throne. And he what does he do? When when Christ is enthroned, well, he dashes the nations with a rod of Rod of iron. He knows how he knows how to do that. And we think, oh no, he wouldn't do it here. Well, why not? You know, it might have a real impact upon all of us when yeah. he does so. Yeah, and so we sh- we should pray that God would spare us so that we can be part of the rebuilding. Right,
0: right. But if if that's my grandchildren's generation, then we hope that we have invested in them right. the strength of testimony that will give them the foundation to stand on to be the ones who put everything back together again.
1: Amen. Preach it. (laughs) If you enjoyed
0: this conversation, be sure to listen to more from Pastor Wilson and Dr. White on Canon Plus. Just go to mycanonplus.com and subscribe today.